This podcast is part of the Eat Geek Play Network. For more podcasts about comic books, music, and geek lifestyle, go to eatgeekplay.com. Welcome to episode three of Repeat the Chorus. My name is Kevin Knight. This week, Lynn from the band Paris talks about their new album, White Noise. Although Paris is relatively new to the scene, the three-piece band from Lowell, Minneapolis has been getting tons of attention with their new album, White Noise. The record is this perfect blend of electro-pop and post-hardcore. This is a record that you just cannot stop listening to. The band toured the world with Pierce the Veil, played the main stage of Warp Tour. Earlier this year, the band was awarded Best Breakthrough Band from both Krang and Alternative Press magazines. As Warp Tour came to an end, Lynn shared stories about the making of White Noise. What's up, it's Lynn from Paris, and I'm here today to talk about White Noise. White noise comes from, when I think of white noise, I think of like paranormal and I think of ghosts, but I also think of static and electricity. Um, so the combination of the two, which is kind of the record, because it's very electronic based and poppy sounding. And, um, but the lyrics are very dark and haunting, I guess. So it kind of sums up the sound in a way. for the record was really like it's very weird it was very different than what we'd done prior when we would go to like record demos at our friend's studio and stuff I went down a couple weeks before and went over all the demos and ideas we had with Blake who we did the record with and um, he and I just went through a big folder of just demos and ideas and pulled the ideas we liked out and scratched the ones we didn't and we took those and we we spent about a week just really fine-tuning them and changing them around, writing them, and just like really just molding them a bit more. And then the guys came back like a week after. And um, then we, we like, we did guitars, we did bass, or no, we did bass, then we did guitars, and then we did drums in the middle of it. It was very weird. And then we did vocals after to like the rest of it. It took us about, about a month and a half or so. Um, we had a tour, and then we went from like October to November, and then we went home for Christmas, and then we went from a couple weeks in January, so it was about a month and a half. We tracked like completely nocturnal, so we would wake up at like 4 p.m. and then work till like 8 or 9 in the morning. So it was completely backwards, so for a little bit it was like really weird, and I was like, I can't do this, it, like I feel very strange, but once we got in the groove of it, I feel like... I feel like being awake at night and being awake at weird hours just kind of flips your brain up so you think of things you normally wouldn't. With my own eyes And I go searching through reflections for your outline But it's just The boys would come over during the day, like, because we, we were all staying in different places. And so the boys came over during the day to do, like, bass and guitar. And then when they left, we would do vocals, like, the rest of the night till the sun came up. So it was a very weird schedule, but it's pretty cool. Uh, the producer we worked with, Blake, he just works like that. He, he, well, he is always on a weird schedule. Whenever we work with him, he's always on a weird sleeping schedule. But um, he like made an effort to try and get onto a normal track, and um, we were like, no, nah, we want to do this. So we just reversed our sleeping schedules with him. So it's pretty cool. I feel like it opened your brain up to like to anything really, like. 
Um, we tried a lot of things I don't think we would have tried if we were on a normal sleeping schedule. And I feel like when you're awake at hours when no one's awake and you have no one to talk to or no one else to really communicate with it except the people in your room, you kind of, I don't know, I feel like it gave, it gave us better ideas and let us kind of let loose a little bit more and not box ourselves in. when we were we were on a tour and we had one day off on the tour and that day off was at, at home. It was like our home show. And so um, we were at home for a day and everyone was like chilling out, just like watching TV, napping, doing whatever, just letting loose. And I like couldn't do it. I couldn't sit still. I was like, I had to go do something. So I went up in my room and just made this little lead like the dun, 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 dun. I did that on reason. And then I add the drums over it, and it was all programming MIDI and stuff. But I just did like the basic structure and then the melodies. And like that night, I went into my car and demoed out vocals for the verse and the chorus. And um, and then I only had like a tiny little section. It was just like intro, verse, chorus. And when we were going through uh, the demos, when I, when I got to Blake's, I didn't think we were gonna use that song at all. I was like, I was like, this is too poppy. It's too weird. Like too happy. I was like probably scratch this one and when I showed it to Blake he was like no this is great we need to really work on this he was like we need to take this and take it to the next level so we ended up picking that song and just really beefing it up and making it what it is now like a really tough time mentally. I wouldn't want to say depression because I never got diagnosed for anything, but it was not a good time up in my head whatsoever. And um, I didn't know why I was feeling this way. I didn't know where it was coming from. It wasn't tangible. Um, so I wrote it about that and the person who pulled me out of that and that person is the saint and the angel and the glimpse of heaven and all that stuff.
house. So I had this demo, and it wasn't my house yet. It was, I forget what I called it. I think it's called Vibe or something. But I had, like, most of the structure structured out, and it was really poppy again. And I was like, we're not going to use this. This is, like, too weird. But um, we brought it into the studio, and that was another one where I was like, I don't know what we should do with this. Like, we could probably scrap it. And Blake was like, no, like, we need to use this one. And so we pulled that one in and really worked on that and made it a lot more rock-driven, and but also in, but we made that one a lot more hard-hitting and aggressive than it originally sounded. But um, but I wrote that lyrically about, at that time, like when we were in the studio, I just broke up with my girlfriend because we were like, just wasn't going to work out at the time. And um, so I like couldn't get it out of my head. It was such like a, a big thing. And I was also writing it about the same thing, like the kind of, not depression, but whatever the hell was going on in my head. And um, it was a combination of those two things, just really upsetting me and bugging me and so it was kind of like I was being haunted or there was like a poltergeist in my brain so it was all about I kind of turned it into a story of like a ghost haunting you so um, but yeah I took shape into that Favorite lyric is it's my soul, it's not yours anymore. It was a moment when I when I was like really upset about everything. I was just like kind of pulled myself up. I was like, you can't let this affect you. Like you're gonna be doing great things very soon. I was like, you can't let this affect you. Like this doesn't own you. This isn't you. And so that was like that defining moment. So it's, it's my soul isn't yours anymore. like a in my in our family room there's like a like a love seat and then a footrest for it and the footrest if you sit on it you can look out a window and so the window is like facing our street and I remember I set up my pedal board there one day and I would always like usually when I'd get home from wherever I would just like set up by that window and look out the window and play guitar and um, I had like a looper looping pedal and I started looping that guitar part and then I made like a beat over it and um, that's when I started writing like the the verses and the chorus and stuff. So I had that initially. 
like fake MIDI guitar, and then I did the beat and the um, when it kind of picks up a little bit. And so, and I had almost all the vocal stuff I, I think prior. That was like one of the first songs we wrote for the record, and that was like completed beforehand. Um, but yeah, I remember that was one of the first songs Blake and I worked on together too. Like, I think we worked on that the first day I got there, and we just really kind of made it a lot more organic sounding, a lot more rock sounding. So that's, that song's a lot more like, I guess, full band rather than synths and guitars. And, you know, it's a lot more rock based. you listen, I don't know if you can hear it, there's like a laugh right before the last chorus. Um, that laugh, I initially could not track it. Blake kept being like, he's like, just go in the booth and laugh, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I can't do it, it's stupid. So um, I tried to do it one more time. He was like, give it one more shot, you got it, go for it. And so I was in, the vocal booth was like in a closet. And so gets to that part. And I, I suddenly heard the closet door open. I was like, what's going on? I looked behind me. Blake jumped in and started tickling me. And so that scream and the laugh is from him tickling me. That song is kind of like a relief. Or that song is about like, once again, the same thing, like issues up in the head. And, um, that person being there for you and you pushing them away, but them kind of sticking with you and um, them not, or the things in your head not being better than them, that they're still priority and that they're still there for you, um, if that makes any sense. Follow Paris on Twitter. They're at This Is Paris. You can pick up White Noise at any one of your remaining record stores, stream it on Spotify, or buy it on iTunes. Make sure you catch the band live. Go to Paris, that's spelled P V R I S, dot com to get tour dates, merch, and everything else that you need from the band. While you're surfing around, go over to eatgeekplay.com. Check out all of our other podcasts about comic books and geek lifestyle. If you're feeling really generous, go over to iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you downloaded this podcast from and leave us a review. Next week, Moose Blood talks about their amazing record, I'll Keep You In Mind From Time To Time.